Hey everybody, welcome to the International Baseball Community Podcast, episode number seven. I'm your host, David Burns, and today I am interviewing Owen Reed for the second time in a row. In the previous interview, uh, Owen told us a little bit about his uh, international career as he made his way from Austria to New Zealand to Australia, where he is now for the past two and a half years. Uh, Owen has... Uh, held a career not only on the field but off the field with the Perth Heat of the Australian Baseball League. Uh, he was the operations manager and now uh, works for Western Australian Baseball as a high-performance assistant, co- assistant coach. Uh, in this interview, we follow up a little bit more on some more tips for pro ball players looking to go and play in Australia and, and how to go about it and where to look. Uh, but for the majority of this interview, uh, we take it to the behind the scenes of the Perth Heat uh, and everything from game day operations and, and uh, little strategies for uh, getting people and, and youth out to the games and uh, youth development at the schools and uh, social media and how they engage with their fans uh, um, when they're not at the field. Some great information here, just to give you an idea of the size of the club or, or uh, the level of baseball. The Perth Heat uh, are have been champions two of the last three years of the Australian Baseball League. Their roster boasts uh, uh, or is riddled with uh, minor league baseball players, uh, and there's uh, MLB players on, on on the roster as well who take their game down under during the winter. Uh, they have a seating capacity, I believe, of about 1,200, and uh, yeah, they have uh, they're able to host up to 5,400 people. So it's a pretty pretty big professional uh, operation uh, in in Perth, and Owen takes us behind the scenes. So I'm looking forward to this interview. I hope you guys enjoy it. Without further ado, let's get on to part two with Owen Reed of the Perth Heat. Owen, welcome back to the website. How are things going in the land down under? David, it's good to be back on. Everything is going well. We've been blessed the last couple weeks with some fantastic weather as it's it's turned to winter, but the sun is still shining here in Perth, at least on the, the western half of the continent, so I can't complain. Yeah, good. Good to hear. I'm, I'm out back out in the ball field myself. The snow finally melted here in Austria, so it's good to be back on the field. And uh, yeah, I'm excited to get the season started myself. So uh, yeah, I just wanted to follow up from our previous interview, and maybe you can just uh, share a little more information about the opportunities in Australia uh, that you're aware of, and maybe in surrounding uh, uh, countries like New Zealand and and whatnot. Uh, if you could just provide any information there, what based on your experience? Absolutely. Now, I think there's a lot of great opportunities in this part of the world, David, and and Australia, even though it is off the beaten path, has has certainly a lot to offer in the way of baseball, and and I've been able to fortunately parlay that into a lot of a lot of travel opportunities myself. You know, depending on your length of stay in such a part of the world, there's there's plenty of chances for, as you mentioned, New Zealand to be to be traveled to from from Australia, being a a close neighbor, and then we're fortunate on the West Coast here to have Southeast Asia almost in our backyard. So yeah. a trip to Indonesia is actually cheaper and is quicker for us from Perth than it would be for us to go across the continent to Sydney or to Melbourne. And 
that's kind of comical, in fact, just because you're then into it's right into another world where is you, you travel across the continent to Sydney or to Melbourne, the most two populated cities in the in Australia, or you can go right up to, to Indonesia and and visit almost uh, the equivalent to a third world country in some in some parts. Can you give me an idea of, of what a flight cost may be? It just because I know in Perth you're a little bit isolated from the rest of Australia, so really to to uh, you know if, if you want to fly over to Sydney or, or to Brisbane or something like that, do you have an idea of, of what that might cost? You can get some good fares from time to time. They they throw some good deals online uh, every now and then, but. I think on average you'd be looking anywhere from 200 all the way up in upwards of, of $800 mm-hmm. for a round trip airfare across the country. So it can be pretty expensive. So it's, it's best to, to try to map that out and, and to be able to maybe sort two different one-way flights or, or to catch a deal. Yeah. But if you wanted to go to, to Indonesia or, or, or visit the Southeast, Southeast Asia region, you could be looking at a round trip airfare of two hundred dollars or less, even in in some instances, wow. depending on where you wanted to go. So it's pretty cheap, and it's unbelievable to think that you can leave a Western culture such as Australia and head straight north up to Bali, Indonesia, yeah. and be right amongst it with with Indonesians and and people from all over the world, and and it's a completely different atmosphere, as you can imagine. Yeah, within a couple hour flight, I'm assuming. Wow. That's right. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, so it provides you with a lot of opportunities. So what about your travels within Australia? Have you gone to the Outback or anything like that or Great Barrier Reef? Or I have. I've been fortunate to, to see quite a bit of Australia during my two and a half years here. So I've, I've visited Queensland and the Great Barrier Reef up in Cairns and have spent some time in Sydney, spent some time in Melbourne, and have traveled quite a bit through Western Australia, which if you look at a map, Western Australia almost takes up the entire Western half of the continent. So a lot, a lot of, of territory there, if you will, and also have visited the Northern Territory and Uluru, or as we Westerners would know it as Ayers Rock, yeah. which is just a massive sandstone rock right in the middle of the country. Yeah. And if you, if you want a definition of outback, that's, that's about as outback as it gets. So I've been pretty fortunate to, to have seen a lot of the country and, even in the next, in the, in the coming six weeks, I'll be going on a kind of an around Australia trip, which will take me through seven states or territories and, and give me a chance to see some areas that I haven't seen yet and also backtrack and see a few that I have already. Yeah, and it sounds to me like if a, if a baseball player uh, maybe, you know, wasn't able to find a job via the internet, they could just pack their bags, fly over Australia and start backpacking maybe the West Coast and then uh, probably would be the best place for them to go as far as opportunities are concerned because I know when you, if you're over in, in Western Australia, sorry, I'm, 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 I've got it all mixed up. Eastern Australia, there's more opportunities there. With Sydney being, you know, uh, the Sydney area, obviously there's a lot, a lot of baseball going on there. Where Perth, I guess you're a little more isolated. Um, so then, uh, unless they could afford that cross country flight, because um, that's kind of what I visualize. If I was a young guy looking to go play baseball in Australia, I'd just grab my backpack and fly into Sydney and just start going up the coast, or maybe down to Melbourne or something like that. Yeah, there's there's certainly a much more densely populated area on the East Coast. That's where that's where it was started, and that's where most of the population in Australia finds itself. So you certainly would have more opportunities over there, just because by default there's going to be more things going on. 
but over here on the West Coast, we're pretty fortunate that because of because we are the most isolated capital city in the world, there are also a lot of opportunities here. And mm-hmm. there's a big in the last five years. There's there's been a, a massive boom in the economy thanks to the mining industry. So mining for iron ore all throughout Western Australia has has given. I guess people from all over the world, but especially from Australia, job opportunities, and they make very good money. And the the work calendar can almost be as you as you want it to be. And there's a, they call them fly in, fly out. So they'll they'll station themselves in Perth and fly up to the mines for a week, and then have a week off or two weeks on and two weeks off. So it's a, a different lifestyle, but it certainly warrants a great return financially for those people. And and that's kind of what's kept the economy here afloat in the last five to ten years. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I've, I've actually along the same lines. I've I've spoken to a, a, a baseball player that's played a few years in Australia in the past, and he said that it's you know the clubs he's played for it's one big family, and they all kind of help you out, and uh, and but also provide there's lots of job opportunities, lots of work that they can line you up with, so they don't necessarily pay your flight, but they'll they'll set you up with a job, and it sounds like it's it's. It's you know like I know in in Austria here for example it wouldn't be easy to find a baseball player a job, but it sounds like in Australia there's plenty of work and and that's that's a way, that's a route that a lot of baseball players can go. Absolutely, and that's the good thing about coming over at least from from the United States was that knowing I could work here legally and and have a chance to earn some money to kind of set myself up and create some opportunities for the future that was that was really encouraging and. And once you get on the ground, as you said, you, you kind of feel your way around and you have an opportunity to meet people. And the clubs have, have generally been very receptive and I think overall would would pride themselves in the fact that if they bring someone over, they're going to look after them and yeah. provide them with a job or a means of income and have a chance to support themselves and also be able to do a little traveling, as you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a, a great opportunity, even more so, yeah, it sounds like in Australia than, than in Europe. Uh, I, can, I can't imagine... As easily getting picked up, uh, uh, you know, when you're backpacking across Europe or something like that, and getting picked up and given a job or anything like that, I think that's the, you know, the best way to go for somebody that's having trouble breaking into a club overseas or something like that. And sure, worst, and I guess, sorry, worst case scenario, you get to see some of Australia, and, and maybe uh, that's about it. But that's it. That's it. The common thread, I think, David, is that. The good thing, at least in this part of the world, is that English is the first language, and everyone speaks it. Maybe in a different tongue, but in, yeah. in, in different jargon. But that's that's certainly beneficial for someone, at least coming from North America, with English as their first language. Is it's easy to communicate. It's easy to get around, and there's no language barriers. If you cross a border, you're not going to have to be concerned with picking up a new language or or wondering what's being said to you. Yeah, exactly. This is the huge advantage as, as compared to to Europe. There, I. Since our last uh, uh, conversation, I, I've I've researched Australian baseball a lot more, and and in addition to that, there's there's just it seems like a baseball is huge in Australia. All these these second like these state leagues and the second division leagues um, seems to me there's a there's a ton of opportunities for baseball players. But at the same time, you're not going to get rich playing baseball. But there's an opportunity to go over there, see some of the country, and. Uh, and maybe get paid a little bit of money or or be set up with a job like we said but it sounds to me like most clubs are really looking for a coach more than a player like it seems like there's a lot of coaching opportunities and they're looking for for uh you know experienced or certified coaches to come over and and uh so yeah uh, 
I think that the opportunities there are, are endless for baseball players, for coaches. Um, so I think that brings us back to the, the, the big tip you, you gave in the last interview is uh, focus on, on you, you know, your coaching strengths and your coaching experience when, when looking to come over and, and uh, yeah, take that route. Right, and that's the stress for any person who's trying to to reach out to a foreign country or foreign club in an effort to try to help out or just to, to go along for the experiences. Market yourself as as a coach or as an instructor. As as you can attest, David, the only way for a club to, to grow and to develop is to start at its foundation, which is with the young kids, whether that's T-ball, whether that's machine pitch or little league. Or even if it's just straight into baseball for kids who have to learn it, you know, by default, that's the only way that a club's going to continue to generate numbers and to, to experience longevity. So if if a coach, for example, like myself, who's come over and, and wants to work with the young kids, then that's obviously a, a massive cookie for for you as the coach to be able to come in and, and be able to make an impact straight away with the youth program and to to ultimately develop and sustain the the club and what it's able to offer for for players who want to come along. Yeah, well, then, and I know that you've—that's—that's that's one of the roles that you've undertaken um, aside from playing baseball over there as is, is assistant high performance development coach for for Western Australia, and uh, you know I know there's a challenge there, uh, you know, in, in in many countries in in Europe to to generate that interest among the youth and and get them out to the ballpark because they, a lot of them obviously prefer to go play soccer or. Or in some countries, I guess in Australia, cricket or, or something other than baseball. Baseball is pretty far down the ladder. So, what are some of the strategies that that you guys uh, employ to to generate this interest among the youth? I guess the the biggest thing we'd start with would would probably be the most obvious, and that's social media. The the Perth Heat have done a really good job over the last few seasons of, of generating content and generating, I guess appropriate content that's applicable to its fans and the players, but also just keeping fans and and spectators in the know. So having an active Facebook page, having an active Twitter page, I know they sound really trivial and and kind of minuscule in the grand scheme of things, but it's really important because it's an easy, easy way for an organization or a club to just keep those who want to be involved and who want to be a part of it informed. And I think if anything, if they feel like they're a part of it, even if they're not physically present, if they feel like they're getting the latest news and, and the most recent post or photo, then they're going to want to come out. They're going to want to be a part of it. And I think that that's really important is for them to feel like they are a part of it. Like I said, whether they're in another country or if they're right there at the ballpark as they get it. And so social media is is certainly an important role in, in promoting the organization and the sport in general. And one thing that we found really successful here is is getting out to the schools. I know you've mentioned that in Austria as being kind of a product for you guys to promote the club and the sport in general to youth. Yeah. And we, we actually offer what's called a schools day at out of the Perth Heat game where we invite schools from the area or any schools that have an interest in bringing a group of students yeah. to the game. We let them come out and, and just enjoy the game and represent their school. Yeah. And they wear their school uniform, and we try to involve them in in-game activities, make them feel a part of it, uh-huh. give them a chance to, to experience that out at the ballpark on a day that they would normally be sitting in the classroom. Yeah, that's 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 a great idea. I, the the problem I could see here, we don't play during the week, but uh, you know, if we can arrange something like that, like being you know, maybe some of the, the the Vienna teams that you know that 
play in the same city, then they could probably arrange something like that. But we're kind of stuck in the middle of Austria. But that's yeah, that's a great great idea. Um, so and and you're going probably going to the schools as well, aren't you? You're you're going to the schools and showing them the game of baseball. Maybe you can take us through that a little bit. We do. We're fortunate that the Perth Heat, and kind of dating back to the old ABL days in the mid to late '90s, we kind of developed a reputation and a couple faces that are associated with the organization, and those being mascots. So yeah. we're privy to to having mascots, and of course, the kids love the mascots and getting photos with them and high fives and hugs. And and I realize that that this is kind of taking a few steps back, but at the same time, if you if you just involve the kids and make them feel like it's something they enjoy, they may have absolutely no interest in baseball, but they remember going to baseball games yeah. and associating that with a big furry creature who's wearing a mask. And <laughs> yeah. they love it. Yeah. So immediately they, they make the correlation that baseball is fun and it's enjoyable and it's something that they want to do again. And and eventually that could transfer into a kid wanting to come out for for a tryout or a, a come-have-a-go day, as they call it here in America. And it just gives them the chance to then associate again something that they like that makes them happy with baseball. Yeah. And getting out into the schools can sometimes be difficult. You know, players may have jobs during the day, or it may not work with the schedule and the guys who are available to make the visits. But I would certainly promote that and and have a chance to for the players to go out into the schools, wear their baseball uniforms, mm-hmm. hand out baseball cards to kids. It's something cool they get to take with them, or if there's a sticker or just an informational flyer that can be handed. Things like that go an awful long way, and, and even if you get a small percentage of return, if you see hundreds of kids each day or each week, yeah. you'd love to think that between 10 and 20 of those would at least want to have a, a chance to come out and see a game or at least ask more questions. Yeah, that's definitely you know a, a strategy that the club I play for employs, and the kids love it here, especially because you know being a German-speaking nation – we go into the school speaking English and uh, wearing the baseball uniform and, and uh, handing out flowers. But you're right, something like a, a little souvenir for the kids to just kind of keep them reminded about the baseball club that's in their town. And and then, you, yeah, you're right. You're, you're gonna Even if you draw out a small percentage of them, it's, it's just going to add and, and it's just going to continue to grow. And, uh, there's I read something uh, about... Part of, part of the, the role as a high-performance development coach were informational s- seminars to communities. So is that – can you kind of tell me a little bit about that? Basically, that comes down to – it kind of combines school visits with coaching seminars. So okay. a chance to, to kind of work in the regions. And as I mentioned, Western Australia is a massive state. So being that we're located in the far southwest corner, there's a lot of area that, that is – needs to be covered, if you will, if we're trying to, to cover the entire state and do our job properly. So I've had a chance to, to take a couple regional trips and visit schools and meet with coaches and volunteers and representatives from various communities throughout Western Australia mm-hmm. to not necessarily develop strategies, but to at least uh, acknowledge the fact that it's important that there's a system in place or that there is some organizational structure to what they're doing and it's not just a free-for-all when kids come out. So try to trying to almost give them a, a tutorial or some basic information of, of how training sessions can be conducted and and how you know promoting of the game just as you mentioned and, and generating participation numbers can help them in their specific communities. 
And so what, what would be an example of a typical training structure for, for a bunch of kids that know nothing about baseball? That's, that's the thing is, you know, I, I've helped out a little bit with the athletics and these kids come out and they don't know which hand to put the baseball glove on. And, and you know, they're, they're excited, but they really have no clue. And sometimes it's a little overwhelming, especially with the language barrier, as to where do I begin with these guys? So we just do the basics, but, you know, you can see a, a few of them kind of looking around and they're getting bored because they're tired of taking ground balls or whatever it is so so how do you how do you make it fun and exciting when obviously their skills are at the bottom and and maybe their interest isn't even there to begin with that's a really good question and if i had an exact answer or a perfect formula for that i probably would be doing bigger (laughs) and you kind of put me on the spot but that's a really good point and and i think that the most important thing for or working with young athletes or working with young kids who maybe aren't don't even realize that they're athletes yet is is making sure that it is fun. So you know, they love the fact that there's a glove involved, but most of them don't know how to use it, as you mentioned, left versus right. They don't realize that that it needs to go on on the hand that they catch with and not that they throw with. So little things like that, you know, there's there's fun games that, that you can engage them with where where the kids are, are constantly moving around and running and there's communication and you can can start it out as more of just kind of fun relay races that involve a periodic throw or involve a periodic movement that would be related to baseball and then gradually progress to more specific work or if you see them with their technique of how they throw then that can be a time where you you point something out hey let's have a look at this guy He, he throws really well watch how his his arm moves and then you can can highlight the good work that he's done and and provide a positive example and and at that point, everybody sees that oh that you know that kid knows what he's doing. That's great. And then they can kind of look up to him. He feels great. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you've almost created a leader out of a kid who didn't realize he actually had any baseball skills yeah, at all. Right. Yeah. And then that, and then that's the one kid that will show up. The kid that felt special, and maybe a couple of his his friends along the way or her friends. Yeah, I found that the, the kids, like, we would just run through, show them the basics as quick as possible, and then we just started playing with them. We, and, and it was usually just, uh, you know, the, the, the game of baseball could be quite complicated to, to a beginner, but uh, we just tell them, okay, you, you just have to run to first base after you hit the ball. And then we just kind of tell them when to run and when not to run and just let them play, and, and they that tends to get them right there when we go out to the schools. And, uh, yeah. So I, I, I also, um, I've... I've kind of scoured your website uh, in the the time that I, the extra time that I've had, and I've I've seen all the social media, and I've seen that there was a TV show as well, um, and there's there's also um, are there there's some charities that you're involved with, isn't there? Yes, we've got we've got a direct alignment with a couple of charities here in WA, and and again, that's a great way for not only the Perth Heat name to be associated with you know with charitable organizations, but it's it's very fulfilling for our players who sometimes come from different backgrounds or who in in most people's minds you know don't don't realize what it's life what life is like outside of just playing baseball and i think it it kind of it hits home for a lot of guys who maybe visit a children's hospital and have a chance to interact with kids who are are going through tough times with illnesses and and to be able to to kind of just bring things back to a state of normalcy for our guys, it, it really it adds some value to, to the things that we do. And it's not just a guy going out there playing baseball. There's a human being under the uniform, and, and he understands and, and he appreciates the, the things that certain people go through to, you know, to, to want to 
sustain the life that they have. And then obviously that allows our guys to realize how lucky and fortunate they are to, to be able to go out and play a game that they've loved. Yeah, exactly. And it, it teaches guys not to take things for granted too. They're, they're in one of the most beautiful countries of the world playing baseball. And, and, and I think it just comes back to that big family aspect too. I think it just, you know, it's, it's one big happy family. And that, I think that what ma- that's what makes a successful organization is if you can kind of maintain that, that atmosphere. And, and I think, uh, being involved in a charity just, I think just inspires that feeling, you know? So, um, Maybe if you could take us a little bit to, to, to end the interview. I have to go to work pretty quick here. <laughs> um, but maybe to take us through uh, a little bit of, of maybe game day or leading up to game day and how to get the, the, the people out to the ballpark and some of the things that are going on during the game to to keep the, the crowd engaged. And uh, you mentioned a mascot. I've seen that you – I think you have, you have more than one mascot. Uh, so I, I – so yeah, just a little bit about about how how you go about that. Sure. Well, obviously, baseball is is privy to a lot of downtime. So, yeah. as a fan, you you want to be entertained. You want to have things that are going to be stimulating for the eye and the ear. And and of course, with the in breaks that occur in baseball, there's there's chances to engage the crowd and, and to involve specific members of the audience to to come down and enjoy some activities. So, I'd say the the most successful in-game activities that we've had are, you know, you obviously have an, an MC who's down the field kind of interacting with, with the people who are down there participating and also trying to get the crowd pumped up to, to support those who are down there on the field. And, and uh, the dizzy bat race, so the, the old dizzy bat race where the, the forehead's in contact with a bat that's standing straight up on the ground. You hold the bat, spin around it a few times, and then try to run in a straight line to, to a, a target or to a location, and <laughs> you're trying to race against the person that's doing the same thing. So it gives the crowd a good, a good lap and a, and a chance to see somebody try to run straight that's, that's dizzy, and that's, that's always a classic is the dizzy bat race. And, and as you mentioned, we've got two mascots that, that are, are well-known around Perth and, and have a, an opportunity to, to bring fans down on the field to race the mascots. So the mascot will start out at second base, and a fan will start at home plate, and the the fan, it's often a kid that they bring out, of course, and the kid will run from first to second, and the mascot is taken off, of course, and the, the mascot moves a bit slower than most average beings, especially kids, so the, the kid will end up catching the mascot, and it's it's usually a pretty good foot race between third base and home plate to, to see who wins, and that generally gets a good rise out of the crowd. Yeah. And probably the, the most successful one that we've had, we're fortunate at our ballpark, we have gates down the left field line and the right field line where we can open them up and in in the late innings of the game i believe it's after the eighth inning we excuse me after the seventh inning we open up the left field gate and any kid who wants to run across the outfield has a chance to so we open the gates up and they sprint from the left field corner all the way across center field all the way across right field and out the gate on the opposite side so it gives a chance for kids to during the game yeah. run on the field, run past some of their favorite players, yeah. and just a free for all sprint <laughs> straight across the field. So it's it's a, a sight to see from this from the audience, and it gets a, a great following. Everybody stops what they're doing and and watches the outfield dash, and it's it's certainly something that we're known for, and, and the kids love to participate in. Oh, that's pretty cool. And speaking of their favorite their favorite players. Uh, uh, what about autographs? Do you have like regular autograph signings after the games and things like that? Absolutely. Our, that's the great thing about Australian baseball, the, the ABL, in fact, is that our players are so accessible. Even during the game, a, you know, a wave into the audience wouldn't, be, wouldn't go amiss. And 
after the game, the players are very very accessible. They'll line up along the third base line next to the dugout, and hordes of kids come down for baseball cards to get autographed, caps, T-shirts, baseballs, whatever it may be. And it's not just assign your sign your name and then off you go. There's players who are down there having full fledged conversations with kids and showing them how to throw and talking to them about hitting. And, and that's the really cool thing is that professional athletes, guys who you'd have limited to zero access to in North America or in other parts of the world where they're playing their sport, are down there leaning on the fence, having a chat to, to a young kid or even a dad about specific things that a kid should be doing at a young age to develop as a baseball player. And that's really cool. Yeah, that is really cool. And we're, and we're talking about guys that play AAA or, or yeah, I know you have a couple on your roster that are, that are playing in the MLB. So, you know, th- that's pretty that, that's a pretty cool thing for kids to, uh, to have access to such baseball stars, international baseball stars. Uh, you know, I think that's pretty, pretty darn cool. So... You know, it's it's. I know the, the the club I play for here in Austria, the Athletics. This will be our first year with the mascot, and I think that's a step in the right direction. Uh, we we really need to focus on getting those kids out to the games and uh, and go from there. So, I think uh, our club will definitely benefit from this interview and get our get our wheels turning a little bit about how to get the kids out and uh, and also I think. Um, it's it's been very informative for the baseball players that are looking to go play in Australia, because I know, it, I, I I'm I think we have I have at least fifty fifty or sixty different Australian clubs on the website right now that potentially import uh, or at least set you up with a, a a job and a couch or a bed, and uh, so I think baseball is just growing in Australia and it's only going to get better. Absolutely, and because of your website, David, obviously a lot of young men are going to have opportunities to to travel the world and continue to play baseball, which is fantastic. Yeah, that's if I can keep it live. I'm having some technical problems lately, but, you know, keep plugging away at it. But, yeah, thanks again, Owen, uh, for your time. You know, I really appreciate it. I know you're, we had difficulty meeting up this time, trying to fit this half-hour interview into our schedules. It isn't easy, uh, especially when we're on other other. Uh, parts of the world but uh really appreciate your time and hopefully uh i don't know maybe we'll catch up for a third interview sometime down the road we'd love to do it david thanks again for your time and, and for allowing me to be a part of it thanks owen take care well that wraps up another great episode uh with owen reed he provided a lot of good information for baseball players for baseball clubs around the world and uh yeah owen if you're listening i'd like to thank you one more time i appreciate your time uh, for you listeners out there, if you want to pick up episodes one to six, you can go to iTunes and download it, or you can listen to it directly uh, from my website at www.internationalbaseballcommunity.com. Uh, if you have any comments or uh, anything like that, if you want to add anything to the topic of today's episode, you can also comment uh, on the website uh, on this post or on this podcast. You can leave your comments there. Uh, I would appreciate it if you liked it or shared it. It just shows me that, uh, you know, some of you are listening and that you're appreciating some of the information that's provided. Um, Lastly, I'd like to leave leave you with a blooper from the last time I interviewed Owen. I wanted to leave it on uh, or put it on that podcast episode, but I forgot to. So I'm going to put it on the end of this one. And it's just me screwing up, fumbling over my words. uh, So maybe it'll give you a laugh or two. All right. Till next time. Take care, everybody. 
Hey, well, well, oh God, I screwed up already. Yep. Hi, Owen. <laughs> uh, welcome to the website, and uh, or I'm going to start again because I'm just 